Section 13 of The Rover, Volume 1, Number 26. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Greg Giordano. The Rover, Volume 1, Number 26. Edited by Seba Smith and Lawrence Labrie. Section 13 letters from town to country my dear colonel excuse my foolscap you know i was always very partial to the bells and as the two have always been associated i use them together madame the milliner has returned to town and what is very wonderful her daughter is still in the singular number i never before knew a beauty of such pleasing manners who did not take at saratoga i fear me much the two ex-presidents have monopolized all the attentions be that as it may agnes begins her third winter at the apollo as a candidate for hyman's prize julia the youngest who has been a fixture at the piano for the last three years is soon to be brought out if she is not brought out in better style than she has been brought up she will by no means be the eclipse of the season before she be marred further some roaming philip had better forestall the issue in a twelvemonth the discount may be large i enjoyed a delightful picnic last week at yonkers your humble servant was the only bachelor in the group and i flatter him when i say he done the amiable to the satisfaction of several ladies whose husbands were tied to musty ledgers and moth-eaten accounts mrs w was of the party and the radiance of her smiles amply compensated for the presence of several black clouds above us which shielded the sun yet i do not know whether i enjoyed most the sparkle of her wit or the grand champagne from her husband's vault she is a most inveterate punster whether she hooked them or not i cannot say but really they were the best i have heard from any woman's rosy portal speaking of amelia your quondam love she asked me if i thought your condition at n was ameliorated more than usual i told her i thought it was since the old sergeant refused to allow her to have her way any longer however i told her i still owed her one captain s sang from sonambula false one i love the still it was performed in rather a boisterous manner and my fair neighbor whispered me that however false the captain might prove she would always love him still i am before you this time in the gossip of the day your old flame charlotte is married at the west the unlucky fellow is a mr wicks her own wick was rather short and having gained a new one she has relighted it from hyman's torch is no more afloat ah my dear colonel your sighs and dollars were alike thrown away in that quarter I told you long ago she was a flirt, and had you taken my advice, your heart-strings and purse-strings would have been much better off, but console yourself with the thought that you are not the only victim. General S. of Dutchess County, if he had a crop injured by a rust or long rains, would never murmur, provided his neighbors were damaged equally with him. Unlike the Pharisee, he thanked heaven. He was not worse than other men, but I never could appreciate his feelings. 
You may, however, in the case of your unfortunate love. I do detest coquetry. If it is lamentable when observed upon the part of the ladies, how contemptible is it when engaged in by gentlemen. Yet there are many of the so-called latter class who make it their practice, and even boast of their conquests among their companions at the billiard-table. I can pardon vanity in a woman, for I regard it as a weakness, but I despise it in a man. It should be accounted an unpardonable sin. Give me credit for an act of humanity. I have just killed a mosquito. Truly, the Humane Society should vote me a medal, since the flood and consequent inundation of metropolitan cellars these charming musicians have greatly increased, and it would be a horrible thing to have them at the same time with the yellow fever. The old women have been quite lively this last week, cause there is great talk of the scourge of the South, who, it is alleged, is airing himself below you at the round-out. However, I believe it will prove a false alarm. Apropos of the flood, Noah, you know, once sent out a messenger in the shape of a dove to find dry land. So our old friend, who in late years paid his devoirs to the evening star, having been a long time searching for dry land, has also sent out his messenger. And a very dove-like appearance it makes in these times. A subterranean has recently set his foot upon the shores of Gotham, and has come prepared to rumble in a slight degree over the heads of the sovereign people, or, as Hook would say, the half-crowned people, to come out of enigmas. It is a weekly paper edited by that independent son of Thermopylae, Michael Walsh, Esquire. He suffers very few rogues through the pass, and few escape the thunderbolts which his industrious pen concocts in his sanctum. I spoke in my last of Mitchell. His bandbox is now uncovered for a long and successful campaign. He will make ready as well as Simpson, though he is not so good a price. I see he has lost his Tim. However, he is none the less timid of success, I presume. I see his white hat occasionally, and it has lost none of its luster. It has no British luster to lose. It knows it not. Now, my dear Colonel, don't forget to gather the chestnuts for me at the first frost. I would prefer those from the old veteran at the corner of the pasture. It will revive old scenes to taste its fruit. Besides, I prefer the fruit which age yields, and wish none of that which is the offspring of precocious maturity. Apropos of the latter, young B is still engaged in writing poetry, and pestering me with dedications, etc., etc. If you have any influence with his doting mamma, do persuade her to reinstate him in the office of gardener. He will find the earth much more fertile than his genius, and yielding, too, a much better crop. For authorship, in these times, is a starving employment, unless the man of letters is a student and scholar. You will recollect, probably, what a mania there was for authorship among the Cephs when we were both enjoying amusement and instruction under the old elms and the more classic shades of Yale. Every soph who could wield his gray goose would disfigure his scores of foolscap sheets in a futile attempt to adorn the pages of the college literary 
with some verses to Julia, and an occasional ode to Venus, with sometimes, by way of variety, a prosaic FaceTime upon that freshman's long swallow. But as the sapient senior editor adjudged that beauty, when unadorned, was adorned the most, three-fourths of their stuff was consigned to the professor of dust and ashes, to which latter personage, if you have still the functionary about, you may present this effusion of your humble servant, who has roved pretty extensively in the enclosed. Pay me what thou owest by the next poet, or never mind. Jacob Matter of Fact Loafer's Lodge, number September 8, 1843 End of Section 13 Read by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida